Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg, and I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli, how are you? Hi. Nice to see you, Meg. It's been a while. Been a bit. Good been to a be minute. Back. Love, love it when the holidays end and we get to just be together and not talk about Christmas movies anymore. Uh-huh. That list is getting shorter and shorter of the movies we have to talk about. <laughs> we better make some this next year. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Listen, it's going to be a lot we have to get through. First of all, announcement. We are going to be called the Beehive Podcast soon. It's a slow rebrand. It's coming. Do not panic. Do not panic. Same content, different name, same channel, different logo. That's coming again. Do not panic. Now, Eli, tell me, what have you been watching? (sighs) I am getting really nervous for the Oscars, by the way, Meg. You are? Because all of the Oscar buzzy movies that I'm watching, I'm not liking. And maybe maybe this is like an every other year thing because last year the Oscar movies were incredible. And I don't know. Maybe I just haven't seen the good ones yet. But we watched The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, did I hate this film. It has Kirsten Dunst, who by the way is incredible. Yeah. Put Kirsten Dunst in everything. And well, and Landry's in it. Her husband it, Landry. Jesse Plemons is in it, which yeah. is fun. So they did a project together. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's the weirdest movie. Yeah. It's like... I don't love it. Like the message of the movie is like one closeted gay guy like ruins another closeted gay guy's life. Oh, really? And that's the whole movie. Oh. And it's like kind of Western. Like Brokeback Mountain, but but not mean, good. but okay. really mean. Okay. Yeah, and like intentionally, like he, it's like a gay guy fi- figures out that another gay guy is gay. And the other gay guy has been mean to the first guy's mom. So he's like, oh, I'll just use this to kind of destroy him. And it's it's icky. I did not like it. And it's also very boring. Okay. You have not seen it. I have not seen it. I've heard I'd hate it. So Steven said you'd hate it. Did <laughs> yeah. he say why? Uh, no, but it was really funny because I usually he'll see a movie and I'll say, oh, do you think I'd like it? And he'll be like, I don't know, maybe or yeah. probably not. But it was just no, no, nope. you will not enjoy this film. <laughs> uh, last night, Skyler and I watched Don't Look Up. Okay. I okay. Did you like it? I I would give it a B minus. Yeah. I it started out strong and then it was just I don't know. Maybe it needs to be on the nose, but it was so So on the nose. nose. Just so on the nose. We were rolling our eyes so hard at it because it was so on the nose. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I understand. This is really about climate change. I mean, I like the idea of it. And I do think the Meryl of it all was actually pretty Meryl funny. Meryl was great. I thought yeah. um, Jonah Hill was great. Yeah. I Leonardo DiCaprio just bugs me. Does he? He does. It's, his it acting was, style is too much. It was fun to much. see him as a like schlub, you know? Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, I guess. But um, Meryl is, as like the incompetent, almost Veep-like president was pretty fun. Yeah. And I was like, give me that movie. Like, give me more of that movie. Yeah. And it, it just, it, was it a, I know it was a comedy, but it was. It was a think piece. It should have been funnier if it was comedy. Yeah, it it wasn't funny. No, I, I didn't find it funny. I've seen a lot of people say that the movie stressed them out and made them feel sad, and I get that because the the entire movie is about a comet is coming to the Earth and nobody's really doing anything about it, and it feels very like how climate change feels to a lot of us. It feels very how COVID feels to a lot of yeah. us, which is like there are solutions here, but we can't seem to get our act together. Yeah, and so. I like that idea, but yes, it feels so on the nose. Like every, the the, the line delivery, it's almost like they're looking at the camera and they're like, get it? Uh, yeah. 
It was very much like the tagline should have been get it. Get it. <laughs> See? It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Do you understand? Which like maybe there's a population who's served by that. I don't know. I yeah. think that those of us who watch a ton of movies are turned off by it. Maybe. I, I asked on Twitter, by the way, and I'm curious your answer. What do you think is the most realistic end of the world movie that you've seen? Huh. I don't know. None are coming to mind. What's the most realistic end of the world movie you've seen? The one that comes to my mind is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Oh, I've never seen it. It's Steve Carell and, and um, uh, Kira Knightley. And it's kind of similar to Don't Look Up where the focus of the movie isn't actually like the comet and the action, but it's like all the people who are like, oh, this thing is coming and we have like a month left. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of them, like it it just shows people like this is what everybody would kind of do if there was a month left. I liked it. It's kind of, it's bleak. Yeah. But uh, this was, I don't know, but I, I don't think this was trying to be realistic in that same way. But anyway. Okay. It's on, you know, Netflix. So don't look up B minus. B minus on don't look up. Um, look, Meg, I'm watching season two of the morning show. And I'm just going to say it. I like this show. I finished it. <laughs> I finished it. Is it good? No. Does it feel like they all take, um, cocaine and then just start rolling and see what happens? Yes. Are there 19 too many plot lines? Absolutely. Did I love every minute of it? I absolutely did. I love it. 1000%. But why isn't it good? It's obviously high budget. It's like good quality. They are. Just acting, all caps, acting. <laughs> just chewing up those scenes. It's, every scene, every scene, someone's monologuing, you know? It's um, it's mostly Reese. It's Reese. Billy Crudup, I think, is at least self-aware. Yeah, I actually yeah. think Jennifer Aniston's, like, decent. She's pretty good in it. Yeah. And, and her monologuing doesn't even bother me. No. Yeah, I think Reese, Juliana Margulies, it didn't work for me. But I love her. I love her too, but I wasn't convinced mm-hmm. um, by their relationship in yeah. it. I just like do does every I, every episode feels like a season finale. It does, and that's why it's so, that's why it's so addictive. Someone dies. There's a drug overdose. <laughs> there's a secret gay relationship. Also, it's COVID nineteen. You yeah. know, I was telling Stephen because he was asking me to sum up season one. I was like. Oh, yeah, they were in Vegas after the shooting, and then he raped someone. And he was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) The actual Las Vegas shooting, they did an episode about that. And I I just completely forgotten how inappropriate that was, how wildly inappropriate it was to put that on a television show. I don't don't know. I don't know what this show has on me, but I keep watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, I like it. But so do I. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) And I cannot wait for the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Last but not least, I can't remember if we if I already talked about this in here. We haven't recorded for a while, so sorry if I've said this already, but we went and saw Dune. Oh, what okay. Yeah. Tell me what you think. Oh, um I can see why people love it. You don't. It's just not it's not for me. Sure. And what I'll say is like the first half of it, I was like into it, and then I was just kind of like, what are we still doing here? Mm-hmm. There were sequences in it that I thought were really cool. The, the creepy villain guy was very creepy. The, like the big man who like floats over the table. Alexander Skarsgård. Is that Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him. Uh, there were, it, it, it's a cool movie. It is a cool it's movie. It's beautiful, right? It's, it's beautiful. I'm glad that I saw it in a theater if I was going to see it. Uh, 
And I, it's one of these movies that I wish I loved it because I can see a lot of people having fun with it. And okay. I was just, I think that's know. fair. That's what I would expect your reaction to be to Dune. Yeah. It's very Star Warsy. I mean, I can see why, because didn't, aren't there accusations that Star Wars kind of stole a lot from Dune? Oh, that would make sense if that's the case. It feels very Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Desert planet. And yeah. Yeah. The whole city destroyed and yeah. a chosen one. Yeah. What have you been watching? So much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a while since we talked, and I did a lot of watching over the break. You have an entire notebook out with handwritten notes that you keep referring to. New year, new me. <laughs> I love it. No, this is, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, 21 Jump Street, starring Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. We are not giving Channing Tatum the credit he deserves he's amazing. as a comedic actor. Oh, he's amazing. Everything he does, he is good in it. So funny in these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. They're stupid, but so funny. Mm-hmm. I, they, You know, it's like just Jonah Hill humor, Seth Rogen, that vein of funny, but I just really loved them. Mm-hmm. The Kingsman, have you seen the Kingsman movies? Mm-mm. Okay, there's a new one out right now that I haven't seen yet, but I watched the first one and the second one, and they're like campy Bond movies. Oh. They're a lot of fun. Okay. Um, Ansel Elgore is the star, and he becomes part of a secret spy community. Colin Firth is in it. Michael Caine is in it. Oh, cool well-dressed British men. They're great. Really enjoyed those. West Side Story. Did you see West Side Story? Not yet. I'm so excited to see it, though. Okay. It's good. Yeah. I don't want to... I mean, I've seen the musical before. Right. So I know what happened. Okay. I just... I'll be interested to hear what you think because I really like this adaptation. I'm hearing that from everybody, and I think it looks like I'm going to like it, so... Yeah. Ansel Olgore. Wait, who did I say was in The Kingsman? Ansel. That's not who. It was, um, that's not who's in The Kingsman. Okay. It's someone else. Ansel Elgort is in West Side, West Side Story. He's the weakest link. Okay. Maria's great. Rachel, I can't remember her last name. Okay. Anita's great. Did they actually cast singers? Yeah. Because that's my big complaint oh, yeah. about film Singers and dancers. Musicals. They're great. Awesome. And you know on Cats, it was like, let's do a super zoom on your face so you can't see any of the dancing. Mm-hmm. Totally not that. Like you get to see all of this really cool dancing, like total landscape it's Mm. like oh steven spielberg might know what he's doing when he's making movies i was thinking this morning when was the last time a steven spielberg film was nominated for best picture because they're this this one is is getting some buzz was bridge of spies bridge of spies i don't know it's been a while though right his name used to always be in the conversation Uh, the the post was that steven spielberg yeah (laughs) the post yeah speaking of meryl um yeah that was another like b Mm. I enjoyed it, I, yeah. but I was like, if this wins Best Picture, I'm going to be like, really, guys? Mm-hmm. Not our best year. <laughs> yeah. Not our best year. And then the last thing is The Other Two, which is a Comedy Central show that we are catching up on about a family. Have you seen it? You have told me about this, and it comes to my mind every once in a while, and I keep forgetting to watch it. It's really funny. This 13-year-old boy, it's like a Justin Bieber character, rises to fame because of a song called I Want to Kiss You at Recess. Mm-hmm. And it's about his two older siblings kind of latching on to that fame. Mm-hmm. But it's they're very sweet to each other. Their lives are just a mess. Mm-hmm. And they just want to attach themselves to something successful. And it's watching them flounder to do so. Okay. And it's just really funny. Where, where do you watch it? We are watching it on HBO Max. Okay. 
the other two. Yeah. So, and then Search Party season five premieres today. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So, really looking forward to that. Is this this is the last season, right? Yeah. I'm final worried, season. I'm worried that they're starting to drag it out too long. Yeah. Well, this is for sure the okay. last one. So, Good. I think it's perfect. Then we watched Being the Ricardos. <laughs> we hated <laughs> Being Meg, the Ricardos. I have. So many things to say about this. Okay, go ahead. How long? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> hours. I'm gonna give you five minutes to rant, and then I'll take it from there. <laughs> no, okay. Look, I, I'm gonna start by saying there are. A, I do have a few positive things to say about this film. Okay, we just get those out of the I way. I mean, it looks great. It looks really cool. Yeah. I uh, I think they captured what it must have looked like on that set of Isle of Lucy. Yeah. Um, I think she was a terrible choice for this. Terrible choice. Yeah. But I will say, I, I've seen a lot of interviews with Lucille Ball where she's, you know, not not doing comedy, where she's just like being herself. And she she was this very strong personality. She was this businesswoman. She was running an empire. Um, if you've ever seen like clips of her on sets of things, she was never mean, but she could be like, I told you move that camera over here. Like she was just very forceful, right? Sure. That I actually think she did a pretty good job of like kind of capturing that part of her personality. What during dramatic scenes, I was like, okay, I can see this. And I, I think she's doing that well. She absolutely does not understand the comedy of Lucille Ball. No. And no one involved in this movie does. The reenactments of uh, scenes from Isle of Lucy were completely lifeless. Like she, it, her understanding. Has Nicole Kidman ever laughed? No, I don't think she has. All she does is whisper talk. N Nicole Kidman and Aaron Sorkin. I really think that their understanding of what was happening on Isle of Lucy was this woman standing on stage going, "Wah wah, ah, Ricky," and like that's it. It's like if that's what you guys think was happening on that show, then you don't understand the show and. Th that show would not have the lasting power that it has if that's all it was. Right. Like there was so much going on there and so much talent and like they had no respect for it. So why are they making this movie? So that pissed me off. I hated all of the casting. All of it was bad. I love J.K. Simmons. Like I love the, I love some of these actors, but the casting was so bad. I liked Ethel. I mean, it's fine. And I know you and I have talked about this where you've gotten to a point where it's like you don't need them to look like the person they're portraying. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and I'm I'm getting I'm moving more and more in your direction. She doesn't look like Ethel. No, but I, I saw her and I was like, oh, that's supposed to be Ethel. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that made me the most mad about this movie, by the way, is the depiction of Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance, Ethel, the, the two characters relationship about their bodies. Oh, it's so stupid, Meg, because what year is it? At, first of all, anybody who knows anything about these people knows that Lucille Ball and Vivian Vance were like allies to one another. They were they were extremely close friends from the time they started Isle of Lucy until the rest of their lives. Uh, they had each other's backs. There was no bickering and catfighting between them. And if you watch this movie and don't know any of the actual real life story, you would think that Desi Arnaz was holding everything together. Lucille Ball was kind of a mess. And then she and Vivian Vance were yelling and catfighting at, at each other a little bit and, and being passive aggressive toward one another. And William Frawley, who played Fred on the show, was just sort of a bumbling idiot in the background. And it's like, that's not what the actual dynamic was. Like this show revolved around Lucille Ball because she was a force. She was a powerhouse. 
and she had this extremely tight relationship with Vivian Vance. And Desi Arnaz was an alcoholic who was sort of inconsistent, but like the two of them were able to work pretty well together for the the majority of this time until they just couldn't do it anymore and they yeah. got divorced the next day. Yeah. And so like, the day they wrapped, right? The day they I think she turned in the divorce papers literally the day after they filmed their last scene yeah. of the last episode. And he had he, the, the infidelity was real. It would the infidelity was real. He was an alcoholic and that was really difficult for her. And by the way, if you watch the very final scene of the last the last thing that they shot of the show, um she's barely making it through because mm-hmm. she, her eye and you can tell her eyes are full of tears and it's very, very emotional because she was just like, I have spent like seven, eight years trying to make this thing work. We did it the best we could. And now I have to like, we have to end this and I have to like leave this man. Yeah. And so like all of that history is so interesting, but instead we got um, Lucille Ball being accused of being a communist, the big red scare that Isle of Lucy had to deal with, and Desi Arnaz swooping in to save the day. And it was just like, really? Of all the things to focus on about Lucille Ball, and also like the whole, we're going to show pregnancy on TV as an afterthought. Yeah. So like, pick one or the other. Yeah. That also is an interesting story. The whole pregnancy thing that happened is an interesting story. And they just so half-assed it. I just, I need Aaron Sorkin to stop turning every character into himself mm-hmm. because it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, I am proud of her that she was a strong woman on set. She had to be, yeah. right? Like, good Make for her. Make a movie her. about that. But show how funny she was. Like, why was this movie so humorless when it's about one of the greatest comedians of, of all, all time? time. Yeah. Female comedians of all time. A, a woman who, like, was one of the one of the people who had the most influence on the creation of what television is for us now today. And like, help us understand that process. All we got was like their relationship and uh, all these things that aren't even related to the show. And he, I feel like he very lazily tried to sneak some of that in. So there's this whole point where the, 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 the film takes place kind of over a week with flashbacks and they're building up to this uh, live filming of their next episode of I Love Lucy where um, they're going to face an audience for the first time since Lucy has been publicly accused of being a communist. Mm -hmm. And they're nervous about that. Well, during that, they're sort of rehearsing this episode that's coming and Lucille Ball doesn't like the way one of the scenes is written because she doesn't think it's realistic. Mm -hmm. And so she's like going back at them and like, now we need to rewrite this. And I think that that was his attempt, like mild attempt to be like, look, like she was an opinionated person. But the thing that's frustrating about it is that um, that depiction of what was happening with with her pushing back on this particular scene wasn't even true. Like that didn't even happen in real life. And Lucy Arnaz, her daughter, has been like, I'm really grateful that they made this movie about my parents. I'm a little frustrated that they didn't that they like made up stuff because I don't think they needed to. There was so much interesting things happening He's just so obsessed with the writing process <sighs> that he he doesn't know how to write about anything else. He doesn't. He's just, all he knows is writing and writers. And this is what happens when you let Aaron Sorkin write and direct a movie. Yeah. Have him do the writing. He's a good writer. Bring someone else in to direct or you're going to get this. Yeah. And it's going to be insufferable because guess what? He's insufferable. It's so insufferable. The, the absolute worst part of this film I was like almost through my TV through a window was that it was the end 
the end scene when Desi Arnaz comes out and defends Lucille Ball in front of this live studio audience. And that is a really, it is an interesting story. Yeah. And so what really happened in real life, and I've, I've seen like interviews and clips of this, like it was a big deal. It was a cool thing that happened. But like basically they're nervous that like their show is going to get canceled and Lucille Ball is going to get canceled because there was some record that she had signed a paper saying that she was a communist 20 years before and whatever. Yeah. And so yeah. the, all week they're like trying to figure out like, how do we deal with this? How do we do damage control on this? And so at the end of the week, Desi Arnaz is, he's like, okay, we're, we have, we're going to shoot the show. I will go out and I will warm up the crowd, which he did every, every time he would always go warm up the crowd. And then he would introduce William, William Frawley, Vivian Vance and Lucille Ball to come out and take their bow and that they would, they would shoot the show. So what happened was he went out and he started talking. He's like, basically like, hey guys, elephant in the room. You've all seen it. Um, you know, Lucille, my, my wife has been accused of being a communist. It's not true. She's never been a communist. She never would be a communist. We love this country. Like I came to this country because I love this country so much. And he actually gave like a pretty good speech, a really thoughtful speech. And then he, the audience is like clapping and he warms them up. And then he says, um, I'd like to introduce you to my, uh, my favorite wife. And then he stumbled and he's like, I mean, my favorite redhead, my only wife. And in fact, her hair is the only thing that's read about here, read about her Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. And she comes out and the audience gave her this huge welcome. And then it was like the controversy was over. Mm -hmm. That's a cool story. Yeah. Instead, in the stupid movie, he gets out and starts giving that speech. And then somebody brings him a phone. Meg, this is the dumbest thing I've ever I seen in a movie. I don't even remember this. Somebody brings Desi Arnaz out a phone. He's standing on stage and he's like, I'm going to make a phone call. Oh, that's right. And he holds the phone up to the microphone and he's like, you have investigated whether my wife is a communist, haven't you? And the person on the phone who we don't know who it is, is like, yes, I have. And he says, and how much evidence have you found that she is in fact a communist? And then the person on the phone says, none whatsoever. And then Desi Arnaz says, and can you tell us your name? And the man says, my name. And then it's like quiet for a second. He says, is J. Edgar Hoover. And the whole audience is like, ah! and it's like, that didn't happen. And that's so stupid. It is so stupid because couldn't you just call anybody and have them claim to be J. Edgar Hoover? It's so stupid, man. <sighs> I was like, I hate this movie so much. Also, the weird docu-format with, like, it was a fake documentary. What the hell was that? They so they kept, so they were interviewing as talking heads, the writers of I Love Lucy, the three writers, that looked like they were in present day, like 2021. Yeah, but it wasn't the actual writers. It was actors playing Playing the writers. the writers because the actual writers died, like, 40 years ago. Yeah. No, like they were like in their 80s in like 1980. Like they they were very old. And so so they have people portraying them, but it was so confused because they're they were like in present day like 2021. I was like, "Well, if you're going to do this, at least like set them in the 70s or something." It was so odd. It was very odd. Everything about this movie was odd and disappointing. Like we need a real movie about Lucille Ball. Yeah. Um, and I hope someone makes it and I hope they bring joy to it because that's a show that brought me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. And Lucille Ball deserves better than what this movie gave us. There is a documentary in the works by Amy Poehler uh, on the life of Lucille Ball. I do believe that Amy Poehler has the ability to do this person the justice that she deserves. Yeah. Because like 
I think Amy Poehler, frankly, is a modern day Lucille Ball. Like she's she's got that kind of forceful personality. She obviously is a genius at comedic timing and comedy. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, let Amy Poehler handle this subject matter. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, what what a shame that <laughs> does movies in the world. What a waste of talent. This movie had a lot of really talented people in Such it. Such a waste of talent. And I need Nicole Kidman to just take a beat yeah. and go do something else for a minute. Keep making those AMC commercials. Don't do a biopic. Mm-hmm. Because you're Nicole Kidman. You're Nicole Kidman. And and again, she, she's, it's not a zero out of 10 from her. Like she she's, does a cu- She's fine. She does a couple of things really well in this, but the things that I really needed her to do better were aw- atrocious. Yeah. Just atrocious. Agreed. All right. Well, do better, Aaron Sorkin. And, and I, this thing is going to get Oscar nominations. I don't think it will. She's going to get nominated. I don't think so. She's like top of the list of predictions. Whose predictions? Not mine. I Vulture, I just looked at theirs and she's like number one or two on their top okay, well, like prediction list. Vulture, what do they know? And I'm worried this movie's going to get a Best Picture nomination. I don't think it will, but I am very worried that it might happen. It'll get a Golden Globe nomination. It won't get a Best Picture for the Oscars. All right. Next week, we are talking about a real Oscar contender, The Lost Daughter. Rebby's going to join us. Oh, cool. So we'll be back for that. Um, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. 